Welcome to the Everesting Podcast, built by Corey. In this episode, I'm speaking with James Carlson, and we're having a conversation that for this podcast is long overdue. My apologies to all of you runners out there who've been listening to the podcast. Finally, I have a runner on the podcast, James Carlson from Colorado, United States, who is planning a double Everesting run. Uh, let that sink in for a second. I will let James explain more about his plan, but I actually wanted to have him on prior to the attempt. So this conversation was recorded in early April of 2023, and uh, James will be doing his run soon. And uh, we'll, I will be fo- definitely following along and intending to have him back on. He has a really cool plan and a very cool spot picked out to do it, uh, and just is a really awesome and inspiring guy. And I also just love where he's coming at from this because uh, he is taking it on as a midlife challenge. So a very, very fun follow on Instagram. It's mid underscore life challenge. And his name is James Carlson. So I will let James explain his audacious plan here. And I hope that you can follow along with it too, uh, both on Instagram and as James makes his attempt. And James, thank you so much for making the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company. You can visit state at statebicycle.com as always. And the best way to stay up to date on what State is doing with their cool products, apparel parts, is just give them a follow on social media. So Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, whatever your favorite platform is, uh, State is most certainly there. So give them a follow. They're constantly doing cool new things, collaborations and stuff. So check them out at statebicycle.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. On to James Carlson, who's going to tell us all about a double Everesting attempt on foot. For reaching out, that was, uh, it's always a treat to hear from people who uh, listen to the podcast. So let me do a quick preamble here for people listening. So long overdue, I'm finally having somebody on the podcast to talk about a run Everesting. Uh, first time, should have done this a long time ago. It's something that I'm fascinated by. Um, I, I don't think it's within my means to do a run Everesting. That is something else completely. Um, I'm, I'm excited about quarter Everestings because I'm like, now maybe I could do a run, you know, maybe yeah. be 50K or something like that, like a nice, nice day out running. So <laughs> yeah. you've got to, you, you have to explain to me, I've got to tackle the most obvious question first because you are planning to do a double run Everesting. Uh, but you haven't done a run Everest thing. So I'm just letting you just get right to the cut right to the chase here. Why would you choose to target a double Everesting run first? Um, it's such a big run. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, my latent Catholic upbringing, wanting suffering or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, so yeah, I have, I mean, Maybe we'll get into it. Maybe we won't about my background, but I, I haven't run or done much endurance work in, in years. And I, um, just have wanted to kind of, you know, I'm 41 for lack of a better term, um, probably having a midlife crisis of some kind. And I, I want to, um, kick my ass a little bit and get myself back into it. Um, uh, why double? I think, um, because I, because I don't think I can do it in a way. And I think that that is part of the challenge. And, and that sounds really conceited because why the hell would I think I could do an Everesting? Um, but I just kind of think I could. And, and or I think, um, yeah, I, I think I could. I think it. that's important. I think you calibrate, the challenge could be calibrated to whatever your 
oh shit moment is, right? So if that's a double, then it's a double. And if it's a quarter, then it's a quarter. But that's that's the beauty of it, right? Is that you can sort of pick your number and be like, okay, that scares me. That's way outside of my comfort zone. So that's a good answer. That's fair. Good. So, yeah. okay. So tell me a little bit more about your running background. Um, what, what gives you the confidence to think that an Everest thing was not scary enough? Well, so to be fair, I mean, a lot of people, when they think about the Everest thing, they're run. I think they're scared about coming down because, you know, totally. you're going to be crushing your quads. Um, I am not doing that, or at least not for the majority of my uh, attempt. I'm going to do it on a ski hill in um, Telluride, Colorado, and they've got a gondola that runs 20 hours of the day. So I'll be taking the gondola down. I'd actually heard about this. I, I'd never even heard of the Everesting Challenge at all until I heard about um, the event 29029, which you may know about but um i didn't really want to do that but then it made me i started i found your podcast i found hell's 500 and um uh so anyway i i i won't have to crush my quads coming down um and i think that will because that is a rule distinction right with the run uh everesting yeah that you can you can get transport down whether that's a shuttle or it's a ski lift or a car right? You can, you can do that. So that is a key distinction. So runner, I've seen runners do it both ways, mm -hmm. um, descending on foot or not, but it's, I mean, it's, it's nearly 20, 20,000 meters of ascent. So it's, it's great that you're taking the, the, the downhill off quote unquote, but you know, it's still yeah. a ridiculous challenge. Um, I think you asked me about my running background. I don't have much of a running. I mean, I, I ran in high school and I ran in college. Um, okay. That was 20 years ago. And since then, I have intermittently gotten in shape for three months to do a 10K. I did something called the Pikes Peak Ascent out here in Colorado Springs, which is a half marathon up um, up a 14,000-foot peak. Um, but other than that, I mean, my claim to fame for fitness in the last few years has been you know, finishing fifth in a uh, pickleball tournament, you know, like I'm not, I, I wasn't in great shape. I'm, I'm like genetically thin and I, I like this type of stuff, but um, yeah. So anyway, I guess like, why do I think I can do this or why do I think I can do a single, I guess I, I saw the 29029 and I thought if I'm taking the gondola down, like I could do that. I could do that in 20 hours. I could suffer through it. I've done some long um, multi-day uh, backpacking things and I, I just think I could and I really the whole point for me is is choosing something that I don't think I can do and then seeing what happens and training my ass off for it so okay tell me a little bit about the hill selection obviously if you're planning on taking the gondola down that really narrows down your options right yeah. pretty quickly yeah. so so yeah. tell me so just describe the describe the hill is it uh are you making an actual summit is that where the gondola goes to yeah yeah so the okay. um Gondola and Telluride goes, it, it's a free, like, it's, it's actually part of the transportation system in, in Telluride. It runs most of the year uh, for hours, and I mean, all, all throughout the day. Um, it starts in Telluride, it goes up the mountain, and then it cro uh, goes over the other side to a, a different mountain village called Mountain Village. Um, I will be going basically right underneath the gondola to the top. It's um, just over a mile. It's 17 uh almost 1800 feet in elevation so on average about 28 percent grade um and yeah i chose it 
primarily because the gondola runs so many hours of the day uh, in the summer on Friday and Saturday. So I think this will take me, I don't know, it's, it's average. The people who've done a double on foot, uh, it's taken them about 55 hours on average. And so okay. I think I can do it in those two days when the gondola is running a lot. Um, yeah, the hill, I, I <laughs> this is this is not the way to do it, right? Uh, have very little background, and I also haven't seen the hill um, yet. Uh, I've seen the hill, <laughs> but well before I ever had thought about this, like years ago, whenever we went out there. Um, so I, um, I'll be practicing on it later this month, and I've got another practice session or training session in late May, and then I'll do it in June. So, okay, okay. So you got one mile, eighteen hundred feet per ascent. So how many reps does that give you total? I believe it's 33. 33 reps. And how long is the gondola ride down? Five minutes. It's quick. Okay. Interesting. That might I'm already, to be long. I'm already thinking of logistics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, that's an okay place to have a snack and let yeah. your heart rate come down a little bit, right? So you can yep. maybe digest a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. And then you said it runs for 20 hours of the day. So you can break, break out a little sleep break. Potentially yeah, it, in there. It runs um, 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. So Okay, yep. 6 to 2. Crazy. So and now, because you're doing a double, that does allow you to sleep for two hours in between, right? Is that the same as the cycling rules? I should have already, I should already know all of this Aren't stuff. Aren't you I supposed to know this? Yeah. I know, I should, I should have this like, <laughs> like down like Andy. But I think you get a two-hour sleep break, right? Yeah. So at some do. point, you're going to be, you're going to be able to sleep for two out of those four hours at uh, one point. Um, but then because you've got 55 hours total and you're able to do 20 hour blocks, you're gonna have two four hour breaks built in there with the gondola not running, or you'd need to do a descent on foot at some point to keep going. You'd have one yeah, of those I, two options, I guess, right? Yeah, um, I, I hope that I can time the sleep to those four hours when the gondola's not running. Um, but I'm not gonna worry about that too. I, I, I am trying to. I, I, figured out when I think I should start based on my pace. I'll end somewhere around 2 a.m. and then I can sleep for two hours. Um, but if I don't hit that, I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm doing a decent amount of running downhill in my training. So I, I plan that I will have to come down that hill at some point, um, okay. if not the first night, the second night for sure. And then what's the terrain like? Is it is it like a single track trail or is there some steps built in? Um, it's half so half of it is um an actual trail just kind of hiking trail it's not single track it's actually pretty wide and then it veers off um onto the ski run um it's actually the race course for a race out there called the rundola or rundola i don't know um and yeah so that's i, I i've uh i've talked to a bunch of people who actually did that race the terrain i i like I said, I think it's a trail for probably the first third and then um, kind of packed grass. And I think near the near the top, it actually gets really steep um, and a little bit rocky and kind of thicker grass. So, again, I'll be able to tell you after this month when I get out there to train. Okay. And you've got a, a hard date set or have you got a flexible weather window? Yeah. Again, don't don't do as I do. Um, I have a pretty hard date, truthfully, um, because I've got 
family coming out to help crew. Um, my dad, who's like 75, is making us a big trip. Um, and my brother from, um, from out of state is coming too. So I do have a hard weekend. Um, I've got a little bit of flexibility within there where I could push it a day or start a day early if I need to. Um, but Telluride in June is pretty dry. I mean, Colorado is pretty dry in general. We don't get a ton of uh, moisture and June's actually the lowest rain or moisture uh, season month. for. Oh, is it? That's interesting. I didn't know. That. Okay. I, I assumed it would have been similar to Alberta, which is it's usually wet in June. I hope not. I, that's not what it says. Yeah. <laughs> it can't July, be wet. You can't do this in, wet, in the wet. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the way that you're describing the terrain, it probably drains pretty well, et cetera, but 33 reps up like dry is going to be a complete game changer compared to wet. There's no doubt about that. That's uh, and then what about exposure? Is it, um, if it's anything like trails around here, it's, it's orientation matters a lot, right? Like, is it, uh, are, are you southernly exposed? Like, is it going to be sunny? Are you going to have shade for a lot of it? We're in, uh, it's northern uh, facing, north facing, okay. so it won't be terrible, terrible. Um, but I think the majority of it is exposed. Um, part, parts of the early uh, trail go through the trees, um, and then once you're out on the ski run, you're you're pretty exposed, I think. So okay, um, okay. But the temperatures shouldn't be that bad. Uh, it's in the early 70s, um, and you know, dry. So I, I'm hoping that it'll be okay. And I'm, I plan on uh, doing a pretty good amount of training around here in, in the heat just uh, before I get, get out there. Um, so. Okay. That's my next question. So what are you doing for training? I'm walking uphill a lot. That's what I'm doing. Um, I, so I've, I'm trying to ride the line between doing enough, obviously for this really big thing and not injuring myself because I haven't I'm really kind of getting back into endurance sports at all uh, while I'm doing this. And so uh, I actually I do about f I do four days of some sort of hiking, running. Um, I do two days of tr uh, strength training, uh, pretty heavy weights, and then I, I rest for a day. And um, my endurance. So like, I mean, a typical week is Monday. I do about an hour, hour and a half. Um, either on the Stairmaster or the incline treadmill. The gym I go to has a treadmill that goes up to 30%. Um, okay. Uh, Tuesday, I do strength. Wednesday, I do uh, kind of a medium long run of like two hours, uh, hike run outside in the, in the hills. I practice with my trekking poles because I'm going to be using them and practice running down hills. Um, Thursday is another strength day. And then Friday is usually my longest day. Um, and I've been doing that on the treadmill or the Stairmaster, which I know sounds insane, but. Um, that does. I was, <laughs> you could beat me to it. That sounds terrible. It is. It is kind of terrible. I just did five hours on Friday on the incline treadmill. Um, and it was rough, uh, to say the least. But I, I guess I, I, I take a lot of comfort in doing exactly what I'm going to do. And I know this isn't outside, but even the steepest hills around here uh, or the trails are maybe 10 to 15%. And if I'm going to be on 28%, it's a very different muscle group even. I mean, it really strains it my is. calves. Um, and I just want to know what that feels like. So I'm getting on the treadmill and I'm going for hour after hour at 
20 to 30 percent uh, just to get used to that. Um, so that's my longest day on Friday. And then I follow up with kind of a back to back. I do a, a, you know, two, two and a half hours back out on the mountains again on Saturday. Um, some kind of hike run, you know, a mixture, uh, usually hiking up the hills, power hiking, and then running the flats and the downhills. Okay, amazing. And when did you really start? Um, when did you conceive of this plan? And when did you really start throwing yourself into training? Like how, how long are you giving yourself to get ready for this? I started in late October. Um, okay. That's when I started the training. When I conceived of it, probably like two weeks before that, I'd actually, uh, my wife and I had come back from a, a backpacking trip in Tennessee. And at the same time, I'd heard about this, you know, uh, kind of high, highly produced uh, 29 on 29 Eversting event. And it, um, it made me, I, you know, I'd been not like out of shape, but I'd been drinking probably too many beers and not eating well, not sleeping well. And, uh, for a couple of years, truthfully, and I, I just had this thought like, I don't know, I, I want to get back into shape and let's do something really stupid and crazy. Cause that's kind of how I am. I'm kind of all or nothing. And so, um, I started training in earnest, um, on October 22nd, I know. And so, uh, that's five months ago. I've got another two and a half. So I gave myself seven to eight months. Okay. That's, <clears throat> that is a reasonable amount of time. I think at least I'm glad you didn't say seven weeks. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well talk in June. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Good for you. That's like, what an immense challenge. I'm super glad that you reached out. Okay. So when is, when is the weekend? So with, this is what I want to tell people. This is part one. So James originally reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. But I love the podcast. I'd love to talk about this double air bursting run that I'm going to try and do here in June once I've once I've done it, once I've bagged it. And I said, hey, why don't we do two? Because I want to talk about how somebody even gets their head around doing this in the first place and begins to prepare themselves for it. Uh, and then we'll then we'll have the victorious uh, celebration podcast mm -hmm. in June. So so when is the date or the weekend? Yeah, June 23rd through the 25th. And 23 to 25. Can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, and you have a taper built in there, I presume? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure. I've been talking to uh, a coach a lot. Um, it'll depend on how I'm feeling, how I'm coming into those last three to four weeks. Um, right now, I have my final kind of back-to-back -back week out in Telluride, actually, in late May. So that's four weeks before. Um, that, I guess it'll, it'll depend on how I'm feeling, whether or not I, I bump that up. I might actually, at a minimum, I'm going to give myself kind of three weeks um, to taper off just because I've noticed in my training that I, I actually do pretty well with a decent amount of rest. I know some people, you know, their legs get a little lethargic. I do pretty well with it. Um, so I like to pound it pretty heavy for two to three weeks. And then I take a step back week um, and I do really well with that. And so I think um, I want at least, at least two to three weeks, pretty light taper. Okay. And then from a, from a setup description, are you doing a base camp at the, at the base of the hill with a, or do you have like an RV or a van to sleep in? Don't have an or RV van. Or layout in? Okay. <laughs> um, but we're staying, um, so we'll set up, I, I've actually asked for a permit. Um, if anybody from this town of Telluride is listening, approve that permit. Um, so I, <laughs> 
I want to get some pop-up tents, uh, you know, shade tents at the base. And I think they're going to allow me to do it. And then that's where my wife will, you know, kind of crew me, my dad and my friends and others will drop by. Um, and then for sleeping, we're actually staying in a hotel just on the other side of the mountain. And you can literally take the uh, gondola up and then over. And then I walk uh, two minutes to our hotel. So once I finish the kind of final lap after the first Eversting, I'm allowed to do two hours of sleep at that point. Right. And I'll just take a 10 minute gondola ride plop down in the actual hotel and then come back. Okay. And then like one of the most challenging things to me or interesting things with cycling Everesting is what kind of equipment do I need? How do, how do I get that all set up with the run? I'm already thinking about like how many pairs of shoes and socks and other gear are you packing? How, what is your, what does your setup look like? I haven't, I don't have that fully thought out yet, but I've got three pairs of shoes that are in, easy rotation. Um, I probably need to buy another pair and get them kind of broken in, you know, a month or so out because one of them is about dead. I'm going to bring, I mean, tons of shirts. I don't know. I just, because again, I could be out there for 48 hours or more, 50 hours or more. And um, I don't have any problems with chafing yet or uh, blisters, but I don't want to wait until I do to change. So I'll probably bring 10 or 15 shirts. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't have any experience with this. So I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I'm reading everything on the, the Facebook page for Everesting and um, reading a lot about, you know, 200 mile uh, ultra marathon and, and other multi-day events to kind of see how they plan. And I'm really cribbing this whole thing together because there's just not a lot of, as far as I know, only 12 people have done a double um, on foot. And so uh, there's not a manual out there and I'm, it's an insanely low number of people deal. who've done this. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's not because only 12 people can do it. I mean, I, I, there's a definitely a part of me that says who the hell am I to try this? And I, I will say like, you know, somebody like tons of people out there could do it if they chose to do it. I just don't, maybe they don't have the desire to suffer like that. Or, I mean, a lot of people have the desire to suffer like that. I don't know why, but, um, I don't take the 12 being anything special, um, but anyway. I don't know. That's pretty special. <laughs> I'll, I'll come right out and say that. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's, look, there's people who do hundred milers and X and more, uh, but it's not, I, I don't believe that it's the same thing going point to point on a, on a predetermined race course, right. With a finish line that you can draw in like that. It's not the same mental challenge, but, but speaking of which I am curious to know, have you calculated exactly how much distance you're going to cover here? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a quick look is only like 35 ish miles or something like that. Yeah. Only. So it's actually really short quote unquote. I mean, um, I, I know I'm going to have to come down the hill likely, you know, at least a few, a few times. times. Yeah. Um, and I probably won't come straight back down. I think the rules allow in a run, you can take an alternate route and I will right. probably take the actual trail, which zigzag, um, um, goes back and forth a lot more. So I don't necessarily want to go down that steep of a hill. I can take a two mile trek, Especially so. if you're doing it in the dark, like just <laughs> add the distance and just take a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, my guess is it'll end up around 40 or so, something like that. Okay. So it's still an ultra run too. Just an easy ultra run. Yeah. 
You're just checking multiple boxes at the same time. Okay. I'm going to be following along. I'm following you on Instagram, everywhere else that I can. I can't wait to see how this goes. Um, I'm already inviting you back, hopefully uh, late June or early July when you're able. You relax a little bit after you've done this insane thing. And uh, let's, regardless of the outcome, I want to have you back on and chat more about it. And yeah, like, look, that's that's a lot of what the show is about, is people just finding what their outside limit is. And uh, frankly, a lot of people who sort of in, in middle age and call it a midlife crisis if you want i'm 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 on like a five-year long one right now but it's a more productive one that i could have a lot of other ways so totally yeah so super inspiring good luck uh train hard and uh stay in touch okay sounds good thanks for having thanks me for doing this james appreciate it take yeah. care another big thank you to james for spending some time with me on the podcast and getting this one recorded very happy to bring it out to you everybody thank you again for listening we greatly appreciate that uh andy and i have been really having a lot of fun watching the podcast audience grow and uh, some of the very cool guests that we've had on it it's a privilege to be able to do it i really appreciate you tuning in and listening if you can take a moment to write a quick review or leave us a positive rating on whatever podcast platform you're finding the show that helps the show grow and it's actually a great way to support the podcast we want to keep it free of course forever uh, but in order for us to produce the podcast and pour the time into it uh, listener support's important and that's the best way that you can help us so thank you again thank you to james and we'll be having him back on uh, later in the summer to tell us all about it